1: It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili
2: Falls. (laughs) Good morning. Welcome to travel and cruise industry news. Uh, Seem to be having some technical difficulties this morning. Of course, I'm not surprised with the morning we've had here at the farm. Uh, Some of you may have noticed that we had a tornado uh, literally less than two miles from me. There's damage reports coming in now from that. Um, I have a guest scheduled this morning, and uh, she has not popped in yet, and we did uh, test this out last night. Um, So I'm not sure. So, Lily, if you are out there, uh, you come in with the same link that we had uh, yesterday, uh, so uh, pop in if, uh, whenever you can. In the meantime, we'll continue on without uh, our guest for now. Today is Travel and Cruise Industry News. On this, the 27th day of May, 2022, Tonight, today is National Great Popsicle Day. Who in the world comes up with this crap? I haven't even seen a Great Popsicle for 50 years, but it's National Great Popsicle Day. Okay, and I do see our guest is with us, so I'll be with her in just a second. Uh, great uh, cruise ships today sailing from North American ports. From Boston, we got the Norwegian Pearl. From New York, we've got the, um, uh, from Manhattan. Uh, we No, I take that back. From Baltimore, we've got Enchantment of the Sea sailing. Port Canaveral we got Disney Dream Carnival Liberty and Independence of the Seas Miami has the Scarlet Lady Freedom of the Seas Carnival Conquest Galveston Grandeur of the Seas Los Angeles Long Beach Carnival Radiance Los Angeles San Pedro Navigator of the Seas Seattle Ovation of the Seas and Celebrity Solstice Vancouver Sea Odyssey Uh, And MS Ocean Victory, also the Celebrity Millennium uh, land package gets underway. Anchorage, we've got the Radiance of the Seas. And we've got the Zyderdam and the Grand Princess land packages getting underway today. And Fairbanks, we've got Grand Princess and the new Amsterdam land packages getting underway today. All right, headlines in the news, which we'll get to it after our guest this morning. What's next for Carnival Freedom? Paint-caused fumes on the Carnival Magic. No damage to Harmony of the Seas in Falmouth. Take an excursion with a celebrity captain? Nice. Azamara, the latest at 100% occupancy rate. So, All right. I'm uh, I'm just tickled this guest. My guest today is Lily Longshore. She's a speaker, a writer, a wheelchair traveler, quadriplegic since 2002, who's also legally blind. She became driven by the need to raise a two-year-old son and to regain some function and independence. Lily has a unique and unusual life story. I actually discovered lily uh, when i was reading uh, an article that she wrote on the pacific south of uh, P- pacific northwest when i was out there a couple weeks ago so i thought well wow, she'd make a wonderful guest so with no further ado lily welcome to Chili chats good morning how are you today
3: good morning i'm doing great
2: awesome give us give my audience here uh, uh the thumbnail version of your life story
3: oh wow (laughs) a thumbnail version well um i am the youngest of 10 kids i grew up in ohio um i am actually a professional engineer i worked as an environmental engineer for a number of years Um, when i decided to quit i um it was it was a lot of work it was hard work and i i quit about 10 years ago and needed something else to do with my time and um you know i actually was looking at um Information that was available on the Internet on uh, wheelchair travel because I really have always loved traveling. I was in the Peace Corps when I was younger and that was gobs of fun. So I just have always loved traveling. Um, But I didn't feel like there was enough accurate information um, on the Internet. And so that's why I started writing articles. I went anytime I went on a vacation, I would I would write it up. And my what my personal experience is. It, it, things change depending on what mobility equipment you use. Um, and so I mean, I was giving my perspective based on the the, the chair I was using um, and just wanted to get the information out there and share it with people, you know in case it would be helpful. so that that has um that has been a big thing for me after my injury, well, after I quit working and then after my injury. so anyway, yeah.
2: You talked a great deal uh, over the years about trying to regain mobility. And that's yeah. of course, that's that's an area that is just pretty much non-existent. Were you successful at all?
3: Oh yeah, oh absolutely. Um, I I was really fortunate. I was just very very fortunate because when I when I broke my neck uh, January twenty eighth of two thousand two, um, I was completely paralyzed from my neck down I couldn't move my arm nothing I mean I can I can move my arms now but I mean I couldn't move anything I couldn't even breathe actually um and what really saved my life is that my my two-year-old was there I had I was I was actually had fallen with him in my arms um and and, and hit Ooh. my head on the floor and broke my neck but anyway I he was there and and uh I wasn't moving obviously um and he started tapping on my shoulder going get up mommy get up And these are all secondary breathing muscles, you know, and my diaphragm was paralyzed and had he not tapped and kind of stimulated these muscles, I I would have died Um, because I couldn't breathe until then. I was opening my mouth and air was not going in. It was, it was, (laughs) it was pretty scary. Um, But anyway, so um, then when I was in the hospital, I was there for maybe three months, um, but uh, it started out well, they had me on a respirator for like the first, I don't know, I, I don't really remember ICU very well, but I think I was there maybe three or four days and I was on a respirator. Um, so I couldn't breathe on my own. Um, so it started out like that no breathing, no arm movement. I couldn't even hold a, I couldn't lift my arm to, you know, anything. I mean, I couldn't hold a fork. I couldn't it was it was really pretty extreme and and uh, the neurologist did say i was going to remain paralyzed from my chest down and after about four months i was able actually to really very weakly move um my my leg my lower you know like seems my my um hip flexor muscle worked a little better on my left. I could actually pick my leg up a little bit. I mean, I could, I had a little bit of movement. And so if something worked, I just worked it and worked it and worked it until it exhausted and got stronger. And I was really fortunate that that avenue worked for me. And then when I got out of the hospital, then I ended up swimming, I got into the pool. Um, and again, I mean, when I first was in the pool, I couldn't really, you know, I, I went with, I started out going with somebody to help me, you know. Um, yeah. But eventually I got to where I actually, it took probably a year and then I could actually swim on my own, you know. Um, And so that's what I do now. I mean, I go to the pool three times a week and I make sure I I do what exercises I can. I I swim laps because I can actually swim about a third of a mile. Um, so I do that three times a week, and I am so grateful that I have regained that ability because that was not there when the, when this whole thing started. So yeah, I can actually at this point holding on to something really steady, you know, like um like a a, a handrail, and I can a handrail and one crutch, <clears throat> you know, I can walk, you know, um, for a, a little bit holding on to something really steady. But as my vision, because this is my second disability, is the uh, I've always had the retinitis pigmentosa, I just didn't know it, um, and it actually is kind of what caused the the breaking of the neck because I was so night blind, you know, I didn't even realize what was going on. Um, but the retinitis pigmentosa is degenerative, no treatment, no cure, it's just, it's just going to keep on getting worse. And as my vision gets worse, my balance gets worse, and so I can no longer walk on crutches. I used to be able to walk a little ways on crutches. Um, but I can't do that because my balance is too bad. And, and of course, I've developed osteoporosis and blah, blah, blah. You know, it just, <laughs> it cascades. But what I can do is hold on to a handrail, like a, a rail along a creek, you know, or a rail along, I, I like to go to the Vancouver um, waterfront and grab the handrail that goes along the river. Um, and I can take one crutch and in, in, in the other side, a steady rail, and I can walk, you know, with that, which is wonderful.
2: That's, so That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Walking. Now you, you had I another.
3: Walk for, I w- okay. can walk for a short distance, I got to say. Not for very long, just short distance, like 20 yards or something. Yeah. So
2: being a 10 yard person, <laughs> that's my max. So yeah, you got you gotta me do me it. There to be there do what we can do. Yeah. Now, you have another little wrinkle in this whole equation that your son has the same. Visual disability, right? It's a genetic
3: disease, and that's how I discovered that I even had it because it's what's called um, X-linked retinitis pigmentosa, which means it's a defective gene on on one of my X chromosomes. Well, my son only has one X chromosome, so he just has the one defective gene, and so for him, he's just slammed with it. It's just perfectly, it's just obvious, you know, it's just, he's been illegally blind since he was about five years old. For me, it took me until I was, oh my gosh, probably in my mid forties, you know, cause I have one normal gene and one abnormal gene. So I have a little bit of the protein to nourish the retina, but not enough. And he has none, you know? So, um, yeah, he has, his is, is, uh, pretty extreme. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, I, I, I my heart goes out to him because it does make things a lot harder going through college and stuff. It is a lot harder. Yeah. I mean, you would think that people just hand you going through school, hand you your accommodations and it just simply does not work that way. I mean, we had to fight for his accommodations all the way through elementary school. He do it to the blind school when he was in middle school um, and there he was handed accommodations. Just, I mean, they knew what they were doing there. Yeah. Um, and then when he finished uh, middle school, he chose to go, to the iTech school here in town, which is a very good school, but he, he, he felt he would rather do that than stay at the blind school. And it was his choice. Um, uh, but by that time he knew what to ask for. So the blind school did a good service for him, you know, when he was going, cause he knew the difference then, you know, of what, you know, the stuff the teacher should be giving him, you know, yeah. and, and what sort of technology helped him. So, yeah, it's been, I was the parent representative on the blind schools board for a number of years because of, of him. And, you know, he was what they call an outreach student. So um, he went to school in middle school there, but then in high school, he became what they call an outreach student. And so, you know, it just, it's a whole different, yeah, Set of problems that the school has to deal with when they have to go out to the schools and service the, the kids. So it's, it, it's, it was pretty eye opening. It's, it's a lot of work, you know. But now, like,
2: you live in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. regionally. How are they with ADA compliance and doing the things in that area? that help any of us that have disabilities
3: um i i do think that it is definitely on their radar um they you know when they redo the streets they they do nice ramps and stuff because um, it is federal law it's not just the ada it's also like a um it seems to me it's like some sort of a transportation sort of law that when they when they resurface the street they also have to, to do any ramps that are around Um, And so um, I think that they do a pretty good job here, you know, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, You know, I think that people still need to be aware, able-bodied people really do need to be aware of staying out of, unless they, I mean, unless they have a disability themselves, they should not be parking in handicapped spots. They should not be using the handicapped showers at the gym. And they should not be using the handicapped stalls at the gym. And I see that. An awful lot. And then, you know, it makes it where I am. always. I'm constantly having to fight, you know, to go use the one stall that is available for me. And there's like six of them that are open that I can't get into. And I just don't I, I can't believe that people don't understand that. But I see that way too often. Right. So. All right. But that's that's a that's a behavior thing. It's not a city accommodation or a business accommodation.
2: Yeah, but that's a behavior everywhere, too, because I run it into sure that is. problem. Yeah, i mean, even on cruise ships. I run into that problem a lot.
3: Yeah, I mean, they the able-bodied people will use it as a convenient. It's convenient. It's bigger. I like it or whatever. I don't. I don't. I don't understand it. But to me, it's just like, wow, you're taking the only one that I can use because you 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 you're you like the extra space, and I just I just think that is really inconsiderate. So I yeah. wish people would stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. All
2: right, how did you do traveling-wise with the pandemic?
3: I didn't go anywhere. Um, The only place I went during the pandemic, uh, my son needed a very specialized heart surgery. Um, And it is uh, Cleveland Clinic in Ohio is still the number one heart hospital and has been for like 50 years. And so that's where we took him. So we flew from from um pacific northwest to cleveland ohio for that purpose in the fat middle of the pandemic but it wasn't like we it was not a traveling fun thing it was a necessary surgery thing and they knew how to do the right thing so we took the risk um and uh it was to me really frightening because it was early enough on that they really didn't know exactly that much about it about covid um so we just um we just wore our N95 masks uh, the whole time. You know, we were super careful washing hands a lot, all that stuff, because we didn't know, nobody knew, you know, how, how trans, you know, the transmission worked. So I pretty much didn't go anywhere except for there. And then after a couple of years, I think the first, I know recently I've gone to um, just short flights. And in my short flights, like we went from Portland to San Francisco, it's only an hour and a half. And so we just put our N95 masks on, when we left the house and didn't take them off until we got to where our destination down there and, um, and just, you know, made sure, cause then now we know it's respiratory. And so we just, and that's, that's what I plan on doing, you know, is just when I'm, when I'm traveling, I'll just keep that N95 mask on until I get to my destination and I'm still washing my hands a lot. So, and I'm traveling more though. So I'm, I'm, I'm I have,
2: I have become very comfortable on cruise ships.
3: Oh, that's cool. Uh, I haven't tried because- that yet.
2: Number one, I know that everybody is vaccinated and boosted.
3: Oh, they and have to be for cruise ships. Okay. They're
2: not there if they haven't been. Now, that's starting to up a little now, but it's been that way. Okay. Uh, then when they first started with kids, then you had the, the problem of kids that weren't vaccinated. But still, that was a minor portion because yeah. they were for up until... Just the last 30 days or so, they were sailing at 95% guaranteed uh, vaccinated. So I became comfortable. I started, my first cruise back was in February, and I've been on nine now. Uh, But I'm very comfortable on that. Now, I am not comfortable on airplanes, but not necessarily from the pandemic. I'm just not, I mean, I'm a big fat guy, and I hate to be stuffed into a three-way seat. They got
3: smaller too
2: <laughs> but i physically i'm just not comfortable on airplanes anymore so yeah i've tried driving to cruises which i liked a lot because i could go at my own pace this last uh, cruise out of seattle i took the train from virginia to seattle oh my goodness
3: wow now what was that like that sounds fun
2: it, well it was it was and it wasn't i mean i i on paper it was a much better trip than it actually was i didn't sleep well on the train okay you can't i mean unless you're a multi-bazillionaire you can't afford the sleeper cars they're just oh. extremely expensive so i tried to do it uh, from the seat and oh, wow. that, okay. that kind of sucked but
3: that would yeah
2: uh, I mean, it, and it takes four. It was four days. Oh wow! So that's a lot of time that I'm dealing with a lot of people in close circumstances that I have no idea if they're vaccinated or not. So, oh, so, so the trains,
3: way, the that. trains don't have that. Co- the vaccination they don't have requirement. the
2: recommendation. Okay. Yes. All right. I think someday it will. But anyway. Um, I mean, I'm glad I did it, and it's still now. That's in my wheelhouse of when I go on the next cruise on how I'm going to get there. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm. I was. Uh, I'm comfortable on the cruise ships themselves, which was a good thing. So.
3: Yeah, that sounds. That, I I've been on a few cruises, um, and I actually really do enjoy them. Um, but I haven't been, it's only been like four of them since, since I've been injured, four of them in the last 20 years. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I tend to like to spend more time than what the port of call time is, mm-hmm. is allows you. And so I, I actually have done better planning my own, like flying to Europe and, and picking out certain cities in certain countries and spending three days here and four days there or whatever it is, depending on how much there is to do um but i also really do like the cruises one of the my favorite ones that i i went on was uh, left out of san juan puerto rico and then went to some of the virgin islands in the west indies and oh man it was with royal caribbean which i like royal caribbean yeah. um it it was wonderful it was really wonderful and and I, what i did also um i mean you can look on their itinerary and pick out wheelchair accessible Um, excursions but that's pretty limited and I do wish they had more choices Um, but what I did is um, I just kind of went online and like if I wanted to go snorkeling in St. Lucia for example um, they didn't have anything that allowed me to snorkel that was part of the Royal Caribbean um, excursions and so I just contacted the people directly and just said hey this is my situation I have a manual chair I can hold on to a railing and take steps but not and only if I am holding on to something really sturdy I actually can um, like they had a, a ladder that went into the water. I actually could grab on the sides of that ladder and I could climb to the top and then I kind of needed a, some a little bit of help to kind of take that last step you know into the boat and then grab again on a ladder. And I tell you, they said, oh, we can accommodate you. And they had these big, huge, giant men <laughs> that would just like, I, I, I thought he was going to help me stand up, but I put my arm up to, to grab his shoulder and he reached down and just like scooped me up and carried me away like I was his bride or something. I couldn't believe it. It was like, wow. And he was huge. And I, I'm i I'm, I'm, I'm not small. I'm five foot eight. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, not a small yeah. lady. And he just scooped me up and just carried me off. And I remember saying, you know, oh, I said when he i realized he was picking me up i said oh my god you have no idea how much i weigh he goes you have no idea how strong i am <laughs> oh, <laughs> i totally, totally wanted to take him home with me he was awesome so <laughs> but it made it where i could actually i could go snorkeling it was wonderful so the people in st lucia and the people in antigua those two especially were were really accommodating not wheelchair accessible necessarily but people yeah. were so willing to help it was it was fa- it was fantastic it was yeah. great
2: One of the things that I've been really pushing on recently toward the end of my nine cruises I've been on this year is finding accessible excursions because that, even the pandemic, like erased a lot of the accessible excursions that we have out there. Wow. Gone now. So I've been struggling to find excursions because as I've started getting more in tune to the whole uh area of accessibility um i'm spending more time and i've had calls from from viewers that say okay talk to us about accessible excursions now and we understand what you're saying about the ship itself and what you can and can't do yeah so i'm trying to find some things. In Alaska, it was much easier. I, oh, Alaska's I admit, wonderful. Because, yeah. you know, I was able to do, I went up to Mount Roberts when I was in Juneau, and uh, I went to the uh, the um, uh, lumberjack show and, and catch can, so i mean those were just easy so yeah but there's there's a lot of things you can do in alaska that are accessible so
3: yeah Alaska's really great i w- that was that's one of the cruises i went on and i remember going when we were in Juneau. we went um with a, i think it was called ellen marine tours it was a whale watching thing oh my gosh i could not believe the number of whales we saw out yeah. there in whatever bay that is it was incredible it was really and it was nicely wheelchair accessible we you know a nice ramp right onto this i think it was I think it was a kind of catamaran real flat, you know, but it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. So yeah, it was great.
2: What's ahead for Miss Lily?
3: Um, well, um, in a few weeks here, we're going to go to San Diego. I, actually, honestly, I've never been to San Diego. I, but I'm going to actually go down there and, uh, and, uh, my, my niece has got, um, I'll be meeting my niece down there so she can go with me and, and visit different places. And uh, one of the really exciting things I'm looking forward to is in um, the fall, I will be going to Panama, um, as in Central America, Panama. Um, and that's been a lot of work trying to plan that because as it's not America and, and it's, it's you know, they don't have ADA laws. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see how hard or easy it will be to, to get around down there. Um, I'm taking a risk, but I really want to go check it out. Yeah. So I've been there before I hurt myself like 30 years ago. And honestly, I didn't even pay attention to do they have yeah. ramps, do they yeah, not? not. No, and it was also 30 years ago. So yeah. um, we'll see what it's like now. So in Panama City, I know there are some, you know, it's, it's some good places that, that are what accessible, but it's just outside of Panama City. I'm not sure. Yeah. So we'll see.
2: Uh, I will look forward to following your travels. And yeah. up all kinds of information on Panama.
3: Oh, all right. That will be great. Wonderful.
2: All right, Lily, thank you so much for being with me today. This has been just delightful. I certainly do appreciate it. And I need to, unfortunately, get on with the news. All righty. Well, it
3: was great talking to you. All right, all right thank you Lily, so much. Thank
2: you so much. And we'll do right. this again. All right, bye-bye. All right, thanks. That's L- Lily. That was great interview. Lily Longshore, she is just awesome uh speaker a writer a wheelchair traveler quadriplegic legally blind and a huge advocate for disability rights Um, just that was great all right i'll be back with today's news after a word from one of our network sponsors
0: my dad works in b2b marketing but i never really knew what that meant
2: Okay. Did I just screw that up? (laughs) Did I just screw that up? I hope I didn't. I thought there for a second I did. Oops. Yeah, I got. Okay. Okay. Anyway, somehow I did, but I think I'm still, I'm still alive. Wow. That would be a disaster if I did foul that all up okay let me get back over here where i need to be there we go all right this is that's the freedom carnival freedom yesterday as you can see some of the clips this is a uh, by the way a clip that was sent to me from some folks on the ground there in Grand Turks on the fire above uh, on on board the uh, the carnival freedom which was indeed quite a scene uh, yesterday All right, so the Carnival of Freedom, here's what's up ahead for it. Following a fire that occurred in the smokestack, while docked in Grand Turk yesterday morning, the company has detailed how they plan to get passengers home. Didn't realize this yesterday when I reported on this, that they were actually the, the, serious enough that the, the ship can't go anyplace. I didn't even think about that. The vessel was on the final stop of a five-night cruise with 2,500 guests, 975 crew on board when the ship caught fire. All guests and crew are safe. All other ship, hotel, guest services, and safety equipment are fully functioning. The ship will not leave the island and instead will spend the next couple of nights in Grand Turk Cruise Center. Sister ship Carnival Conquest is being dispatched from Miami and is expected to arrive on Saturday afternoon. At that point, guests will be transferred from Carnival Freedom to the Conquest. After guests on board the Conquest, the vessel will sail toward Florida, where it's scheduled to arrive in Port Canaveral Monday. The silver liner, in addition to everyone on board being safe and sound, is that the guests will be able to come and go as they please, as opposed to being confined to the ship. Carnival Corporation built the Grand Turk Cruise Center in 2006. Meanwhile, the May 28 departure of Carnival Freedom from Port Canaveral has been cancelled as the ship will be at Grand Bahama Shipyard, having her damaged funnel replaced, the heat of the fire was so hot on the starboard side of the, of the funnel that it really melted away. Carnival Conquest scheduled sailing on the 27th of May is cancelled and the thirtieth voyage will be shortened by a day as travels between Port Canaveral and South Florida, its year-round home port. The vessel will instead sail a modified itinerary on May the 31st. Guests booked on impacted sailings on conquest and freedom have been notified of the changes. There'll be some competition, competition, compensation uh, for the changes. Meanwhile, The Carnival Magic, several passengers reported being sick from breathing the foul odor aboard the Magic while it was docked in Norfolk. In a statement Thursday, Carnival said the odor was linked to an exterior painting project that happened on Wednesday. The ship arrived in Norfolk on Wednesday morning and all guests disembarked. The ship's crew quickly reacted and provided assistance to the guests. The Coast Guard has been investigating it and they have been on board but did not have any additional information. Harmony of the Seas, meanwhile, if that wasn't enough problems, Harmony of the Seas, while docking in Jamaica, Harmony of the Seas collided with a small concrete mooring pylon, causing dense paint scrapes and other damage to the cruise ship. <clears throat> the incident happened while the ship was backing into its assigned spot at the dock, but inspection showed the overall damage to be minor and the ship has been successfully repaired. The Oasis-class Harmony of the Sea is currently sailing a seven-night Western Caribbean itinerary. The ship left Port Canaveral on Sunday Visited two ports of call in the Bahamas, the capital city of Nassau, and on Monday and uh, uh, Coco Key on Tuesday. Wednesday was the day at sea. And they had the wreck in Falmouth about 7 a.m. on yesterday. The affected part of the ship was thoroughly inspected. No structural damage was found, And they went on their way. I did t- reach out to uh, a friend that's on board. Uh, right now, I have not heard back as I was trying to get some information of what it was actually like uh, to, uh, to wreck. But I have not heard back yet. Now, kind of a neat, uh, neat thing. Celebrity Cruises has a rich Greek heritage and has several ships operating between the beautiful Greek islands. What's better than asking a local what to do when the ships come into port, such as Athens, Santorini, Mykonos, uh, Catecholone? The Miami-based cruise line has enlisted the help of its captains for a series of captain-curated shore excursions. Shore excursions. (laughs) Get the tongue working here. Offered on board any of the celebrity cruise ships sailing in Greece during the summer of the 2022 season. The tours are designed so that guests can experience the destinations like a local. Whether on board Beyond, Constellation, Reflection, Apex, or Edge, a captain curated shore excursion program will be available. That's pretty cool. And finally, this morning, folks, Azamara has reached 100% capacity since the restart. Ah, That's not all that exciting, folks. It's only four ships, but at least they're the latest line to be at 100%. All right, let's jump over and see who's in the chat room this morning. Hi there, Tom says hello to everybody. What do you know about Harmony backing into the dock? Uh, Where was it? I have seen reference to Coco Cay and also Jamaica. I was in Falmouth. uh, Hot air. Hit a mooring. Uh, There's no uh, thought yet. Was this mechanically caused? I mean, you know, there's not, contrary to popular opinion, the cruise ships are driven by computers. The captain's not sitting up there Spinning the wheel around, folks. Uh, I, I suppose they can take control, but this is all done computers, I think. So something had to be a foul for them to wreck. and at least it wasn't bad. You'd think this would that would be the kind of thing that could be a driver error if somebody was actually driving the boat. But uh, at least to my knowledge, that's not the way it works. Nikki's with us. Hi, Nikki. Jack's with us. Hey, Jack, how you feeling down in Conroe, Texas? Flies to Seattle to embark on the Bliss for a seven-day Alaska cruise. That's awesome, Jack. I hope you feel well and are able to enjoy this cruise. I loved Alaska. I really did. Everybody's saying greetings to Jack. So we haven't seen Jack for a few days. Hot air says, I love ocean blue on bliss, but the lobster has an unreasonable upcharge to the dining plan solution. Pay the a la carte price and use the dining plan at other venues. Okay. Jack says, I have four specialty restaurants. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Gretchen says, oh, dear, sorry I'm late. Well, you can always go back and look at their replay, Gretchen. Hot Air recommends Cagney's, The Bistro, and La Cucina. I would always recommend Cagney's. La Cucina, uh, yeah. I don't remember. I don't think I've eaten at the Bistro. At least if I if I had, it doesn't come to mind. But I don't remember eating at the Bistro. I like Cagnes a lot. Um, Hot Air says, I love the... Osabuka entree great flavor i would probably never have tried that except a person in our group back in 2018 recommended it well wow, that's pretty cool jack says he'll keep osabuka in mind funny i was craving it so booked the february 2019 cruise just to eat that entree told the hostess of the restaurant had a hefty cover charge $4000 which was the cost of a suite for two went with a friend from T.W.B. <laughs> that's awesome a cruise caused by osabuco that's a new one and funny she the hostess didn't understand your joke i'm not surprised at that one san diego has a great climate yeah i like san diego i have not sailed out of san diego The next time I sojourn to the West Coast, it will be one of the things that I will do is a cruise from San Diego and a cruise from San Francisco. Nikki said, "Great interview, thank you, Nick." Looks like Freedom needs the blue hull paint job to cover that ugly rust. Um, I'm not sure when that was scheduled, as a matter of fact. I'm wondering what happens to the Carnival Conquest passengers on the book cruise that will be missed while they picked up the guests from Freedom. The information I have is they were notified that the cruise was canceled. And it was specifically those folks so i guess they're canceling that cruise completely and just giving them money back conquest was scheduled to do a three-day cruise stopping in nassau hot air saw a post that said they just changed captains on harmony not a good start for a new captain yeah, no, that's do they have driving records? I mean, you know, if you pull up you know, we pull up Emily's driving record, for instance, it'll tell us how many speeding tickets she has and how many times she got caught driving and drinking wine with dogs in the car or whatever. Does a cruise ship captain have a driving record? That's an interesting question for hot air tomda find an answer to jack says lapistro on the pearl was great ate there twice good to hear we do a back-to-back on the pearl on the 24th i've had issues with the mushroom soup not being hot enough on two ships had to send it back you know that that tends to happen with soups uh, quite often Uh, that's if over the years, if I have complained about anything with the way of food, that's one of the complaints. Um, that and strip steaks. I'm just not a fan of strip steaks. And invariably, when I eat a steak, it's almost always cooked to perfection. And I'm totally happy with it. With the exception of strips, and nine times out of ten, I'm going to be unhappy with a strip steak. Maybe that's just me. I'm, I don't care for strip steaks at home either. So It's not just cruise ship strip steaks. But unfortunately, there's strip steaks on a lot of cruise ships. And I, I would much prefer regular, you know, fillet or a ribeye or prime rib. I mean, I'll eat prime rib or the beef tenderloin beef tenderloins. I've become a huge fan of that also, uh, especially Royal Caribbean. So that was excellent. All right, guys, that's going to wrap me up for today. Um, unless something major happens, no show tomorrow. Okay. That will be uh, my Saturday off. Uh, the cruise amigos will be on Sunday at two o'clock. Uh, Eastern uh, time Eastern daylight time 1 o'clock central time And that's 7pm British summer time Do I mean the New York strip? What did I say? Yeah, that's what I mean The New York strip um, Just not a fan of that cut of meat That's the best way of putting it So um, anyway, the uh, normal weekend schedule for this weekend. There is going to be an announcement uh, on the Cruz Amigos on our future schedule. It's going to change, folks. Tell you that up front. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be, but the schedule will change. And, of course, keep in mind, folks, the 3rd, the 7th, and the 13th, my shows, this show, will not be live. They will be pre-recorded. They will go live at 11 o'clock like normal. Only I'm not going to be there. I will be at the doctor's doing tests and scans and all that crap to see about cancer returning and what I'm going to do about it. So uh, we're past uh, the emotions of yesterday on to, okay. Let's put on the boxing gloves and decide to fight this again. And that's what we're going to do. So at any rate, that's it for the day, folks. So I'll see everybody on Sunday. And if something major happens, I'll see you uh, live on uh, this channel. In the meantime, you guys have a fabulous day. As always, stay safe. Stay healthy. Think about cruising. Hopefully one day soon we'll all get together on the high seas. This is the old fat travel guy. Thanks again to Lily for a great interview. I'll see you next time. Later, y'all. I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry. So if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships, Ports of Call cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner Hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.